2: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else.
1: Back in here, Matt Scraby, Gwyn and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. We are headed to the final hour. Sam Levitt's going to be taking over at six ten tonight, and he'll get you set for the Padres against the Dodgers. Michael Walker on the mound for the Padres, and Lance Lynn on the mound for the Dodgers. Uh, we have a couple things to talk about here in this first segment. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, let's start with Luis Campisano because I I love Luis Campisano He's the guy, he's the catcher, I think, of the future for the Padres outside of Ethan Solace because obviously a 17-year-old that's just tearing up, or 18-year-old, or 17-year-old, one of those two, is tearing up the uh, minor leagues. That's pretty good. But right now Luis Camposano is the guy. And Bob Melvin was actually asked about Luis Camposano and his expanded role with Gary Sanchez out for the season. Uh, Melvin said it's a real opportunity for him to not only get consistent reps, but also take charge of the pitching staff and kind of find his way as a main guy going into next season. Everything he's done this season would suggest that he's made significant strides. And I think we could all say that he's made significant strides this season. But Bob Melvin pointed to these reasons as to why he's made such significant strides. Uh, he said, in our advanced meetings, being much more vocal and taking charge in that, which you want your catcher to do. He has a lot of options. He works very hard at studying the opponent and is showing up in what he does behind the plate and the confidence he's getting from the pitchers. I think everything about Luis Campisano's year, outside of the unfortunate uh, you know injury that he had earlier in the year, I think it's been a good year for him. I think it's been a really promising year for him, and I think that uh, Padres fans and, and fans, baseball fans in general are... Should be cheering for him because um, he is a guy that the Padres have not had behind the plate in a long time, meaning a guy who has a bat and can catch at the same time. So Luis Campisano is uh, going to have a big role here over the last 17 games of the season, and he needs to finish out strong, and I expect him to finish out strong. Uh, We also were talking a little bit earlier with uh, Matt Snyder about a few things, and mainly Blake Snell and his contract, and we talked about that a lot yesterday, and so uh, you'll hear from Matt Snyder here at about 540 or so, maybe just a little bit before, and I asked him about Blake Snell's $200 million that he's reportedly going to get in free agency, and Matt Snyder... He kind of agrees with me a little bit, not saying that means he's right or wrong, but that is going to be probably, I think, outside of whether or not they bring back Bob Melvin, which they should should bring back Bob Melvin, um, that is going to be the biggest story of the Padres offseason is what they're going to do with... Blake Snell and uh, what they're going to do with Josh Hader. I guess we can lump those two in together. And yesterday I said it was a foregone conclusion that Josh Hader was not going to be with this team next year. And I, I would like to walk that back a little bit because it's 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 not very fair for me to say that he's a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be on the team next year. The reason I said it is because it just doesn't seem like the Padres are getting the value out of, um, out of Josh Hader that they want to get out of their closer mainly because the team has not put him in a spot to save games they've lost a lot of games this year and Josh Hader is not going to be able to save games if they're not going to lead games in the ninth inning and so it was a little bit unfair for me to uh I guess criticize his performance when really it's all dictated on whether or not the Padres put him in a position to save a game and so I don't think it's as much of a thought as bringing back Blake Snell, but you never know. Maybe they choose the the lesser of the two options in contract-wise. Maybe they they go with uh, Josh Hader because he's not going to make as much money as Blake Snell. Maybe they go go with neither of them. But if they do that, then they're going to have to pick up a lot of uh, other rotation pieces. They're going to have to hope that Lugo comes back. They're going to have to hope that Waka comes back. And um, I know that Rich Hill, I just said that he got put on waivers. I don't think he's going to be back with the team next season, but uh, there's, there's a lot of pitching questions for the Padres. And, and also I think a lot of people have questions about Fernando Tatis Jr. And uh, MLB trade rumors put out this article the other day, and I thought it was very interesting, very stocked full of uh, stats that I don't really understand, but what their point was in this article was to say that this version of Fernando Tatis Jr. is the better version of Fernando over when he, before he was suspended. Uh, he was striking out 26, 27.6% of the time in this first three seasons of his career, which was 19th highest among MLB regulars and higher than Kyle Schwarber and Jorge Soler over that time, which Kyle Schwarber strikes out a lot. So that should tell you something about Fernando in the first three years. This year, uh, he's only striking out twenty one percent, point seven percent of the time, and that puts him in the same spot as like Francisco Lindor, uh, Jamer Candelario, and Josh Bell, and it pushes him to a better than league average in terms of strikeouts for the first time in his career. But where he's really improved the most, and I know we love watching Fernando play shortstop, and I know that we, uh, you know, we're a little bit nervous about Fernando playing in right field this year, but. There was no reason to be nervous because he's played great. But his move to right field has made him much more valuable uh, if you're talking about metrics like outs above average than he was before uh, because he was worth minus um, 10 outs above average and minus 9 defensive runs saved as a shortstop in his first three seasons. So that's not good. I mean, those th- those means that that... Th- those means... Those means... That means that uh, he was he was worse than a lot of other shortstops in the league. And now, when he's playing right field, he's plus 12 outs above average, uh, which is not seen in baseball among outfielders. There's no other outfielder in baseball with a plus 12 outs above average, and there's only eight other players at any position this season. On the other side, we said he had uh, minus nine de- defensive runs saved as a shortstop. In right field, he's got plus 23. Which makes him the second most valuable fielder in all of baseball by the defensive run save metric. The only person that is higher than him, and this may have changed in the last couple of days because this came out a few days ago. But Dalton Varsho at the time of writing, it was he's plus twenty six. So Fernando's just right there. Uh, I I can't I, I I like this version of Fernando, and and also along with his stolen bases as well. He has uh, he's. You know put I think he stole twenty five bases he's twenty five for twenty nine on the year he may have stole a couple more uh last year, but his speed is has been elite. He is the ninety in the ninety fifth percentile sprint speed per stat cast, so he's uh one of the faster guys in the league. And everything that I've seen from Fernando this year has shown me that he's gotten better. And it's it's better, maybe not what we are expecting at the plate average-wise, and, and he's hit less home runs than I think people thought he would. But again, he started the year a little bit late. But it, it defensively, Fernando has made leaps and bounds of a Jump! I don't know where to go with leaps and bounds, but he has been so much better in right field this year than he was as a shortstop. So I think the Padres found something, you know, he might want to play shortstop, but he's maybe better suited to play outfield. And we've talked about this. Maybe he ends up going to center field if the Padres move Trent Grisham in the offseason. But Him in the outfield, I like, and I want to continue to have Fernando in the outfield because he's, he's doing really well at it. How many times have we seen him throw out guys from right field? It just doesn't happen that often, and he is one who does it more than we, uh, more than we see around baseball. So, I, I, when I first clicked this article about Fernando, I didn't know what I was gonna get from MLB Trade Rumors, but they did a really, really good job of breaking down specific stats. So if you go to MLB Trade Rumors and you go to the San Diego Padres page, just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see this article about Fernando. It has a ton more stats in there that I can't even begin to explain on the radio. But it 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 puts it into perspective on what kind of year he's having as a professional rather than some of the years he had before. Because we are comparing two different guys. He, he was more, I, I, they didn't say this in the article, but for me, I think he was more, I, reckless is not the word, but he was more eager to do things when he before his suspension and before he got. But he's been a lot smarter this year with the way he's played, and it's helped that he's played in right field as well, so he's not going to get hurt. But if, if you're looking at what he's done so far this year, and knowing that he hadn't played baseball in over a year, in a really long time, I think you have to be really excited about what Fernando is going to do in the future. I think he's going to have like a Ronald Acuna, maybe not as good as Ronald Acuna. I'm not trying to compare the two right now. But I I think that Ronald Acuna, after he came back from his ACL injury, he just wasn't the same guy. He got a a season under his belt or half a season under his belt and then came back and is having an MVP type year this year. I, I, You know, it's hard to explain, but... Going from not playing Major League Baseball for over a year and a half, maybe even two years, to to playing it on an everyday basis is not easy. These guys are the best in the world, and Fernando has made it look relatively easy. I know we want his average to be higher, but uh, I will take a lower average if he's going to be stealing bases, if he's going to be hitting home runs, uh, and if he's going to be saving all the runs that he does in the outfield. I think that Fernando... Although it's going to be a lost year, and although he may have not had the season we all thought he was going to have, I mean, he's still having a great season. But I think going forward, very, very excited for Fernando Tatis Jr. So again, if you want to go read this article, MLBTradeRumors.com, go to the Padres page, and then scroll down a little bit. It's September 10th is when this article came out, and it was really well written. All right. So, Tony is going to be heading back. We are going to actually go through some of the news and notes around baseball. And I know, I know, CJ Abrams hit two home runs last night. I know. I know. My DMs know. But we're going to we're going to talk about it. Chris and I talked about it last week. Tony wasn't in on that conversation. So, I'm going to talk to Tony about how it feels, I guess, or what 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 it means that C.J. Abrams is hitting so many home runs in Washington, whether or not he could do that here in San Diego if he stayed. So that's what we'll do when we get back. I'm Matt Scraby filling in for Chris Ello. He is on assignment. Tony is going to be here in just one second. We are going to go to break and you're going to get your traffic report at the end of the break here on 97.3 The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
3: slash recommend today. Back at you, Gwen and Chris. Tony Gwen Jr., Matt Scraby, Chris Zello, Uh, On assignment, as we like to say, Uh, we're going to do a little something called Around the Horn to look at some of the storylines around Major League Baseball outside of uh, our very own San Diego Padre. Scraby, what you got?
1: I got a lot today, and I have a former Padre first up in the order here on the Around the Horn. C.J. Abrams hit two homers last night for the Washington Nationals. Chris and I talked about this a few weeks ago, and you were getting ready for the game, but... There's a lot of revisionist history as to whether or not C.J. Abrams should have stayed with the Padres, but do you think... I mean, I'm trying to think of any way that C.J. Abrams would be able to grow as much as he had with the Nationals if he stayed with the Padres. I mean, what do you think about that? Is there any way that he would be the same guy?
3: Um. Oh, yeah, of course there's a way. Uh, but I think to answer your first question, I don't think... Uh, this would have been the right environment for him to grow as much as he's grown um this year um I think the reality is uh he especially with the emergence of hassan kim right yeah um it 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 kind of put him in a spot where i mean there were there weren't gonna be any a bs out there available for him right I mean you signed Xander to a ten-year deal. You got Manny. You got Cronenworth. You got Kim, uh, and so you know we're, he wasn't going to play in the outfield. I mean, it, it, see, I mean, I guess he could have played some center field, but it didn't seem like that was really an option that they were going to move him to the outfield. Um, I, I mean, that would be the one place that you could maybe have uh, got him some avs, but I think at the time, right um that wasn't going to be the case and so um i think it is a little bit of revisit revisionist history to now go back cuz he wouldn't have been able to develop the way he has he wouldn't have been able to go out learn make mistakes and it wouldn't have been that type of environment for him so um but i'm not surprised to see him you know starting to figure it out his war is
1: 3.5 so even if he was
3: on the team
1: and he was the guy he is, they wouldn't have put the Padres in the playoffs at all. So, uh, yeah, C.J. Abrams, he's on my fantasy team, but I sat him last night, so that was pretty stupid. Uh, next story here in around the horn, Alec as and Chris would
3: say, no one cares, Scraby. No one cares,
1: Scraby. Alec Manoa has had a tough year. I think we all know that. The Toronto Blue Jays starting pitcher. He was sent down to, I believe, Rookie League uh, earlier in the year just to get things together. And he came back up. But he was then sent down again on August 11th to Triple uh, A. But he never reported, according to a reporter uh, for the Blue Jays. Because he was upset about the decision, and it he reportedly has not even been throwing bullpens or side sessions. So it's unlike, unlikely he's going to pitch again this year, but I, I don't know what's going on with Alec Manoa. Uh, you can't just not show up, right? I mean, you have to kind of show up and then tell them that you don't want to pitch anymore. I don't know. This is a strange thing for me to see.
3: I mean, you eventually have to show up, right? I think you get—it used to be you get 72 hours to— Oh, okay. —to report. Uh, to you know, wherever you have been assigned to at that point. Um, now that some people use those days, some people don't. Some people use some of it and, and and come back. But eventually, you do have to report. If it gets beyond that, now I think you are uh, in in some choppy waters there. And so, so this is
1: August 11th. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I, I I mean I don't know when he was sent down again, but you know August 11th and he, and if he still hasn't reported, then yeah, it, that's. That's kind of a, a, an issue at this point. So, that's like, that's we'll,
1: like something that could wipe out his contract, right? Uh,
3: I don't think it, you, you move that fast. Like, oh, you're not going to show up, we're wiping out your contract. <laughs> I mean, just he just tear it up in front of him? <laughs> he, he does have some value uh, if they you know they feel like he can get back on track. I mean, this dude was an all-star last year. So I don't think you just give up on it and rip up the paperwork immediately like that. Um, but, you know, he has had a tough year, man. You hope whatever he's going through right now, uh, he can kind of get back on track for sure.
1: I bet you he'll never call out Garrett Cole for cheating again in the off season because that's what he did last year. And then
3: look what happens. I, you I, know, I don't, th- I don't <laughs> think that has anything to I do know. with anything.
1: I know, but it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. Uh, Matt Olson. And Ronald Acuna Jr. are the best tandem I think in baseball right now. They became, or Matt Olson became the second Braves player ever to hit 50 home runs in a season. Ronald Acuna Jr.'s four homers away from the fifth 40-40 in uh, or 40 homer, 40 steal season in ALNL history. So they look great. But last year they did lose after winning 100 games. They lost in the first round. So Tony, do you think they are the team to beat this year?
3: Uh, are they the team to beat? Uh, yes, I think they're the team to beat right now. I don't think you can say anything other than they're the team to beat right now. They have the best record. They have some of the best players. Two of one of which is playing at an front-running MVP level. So uh, yeah, man, uh, they they've they've got all the pieces that they need now. That doesn't always translate. From regular season to um, to playoffs, as we saw last year. Now, last year doesn't happen all all the time, but um, we have seen one seeds get knocked out, two seeds get knocked out before, because uh, all it takes is getting into the dance, and then somebody getting hot. We saw it uh, on multiple occasions last year. So, uh, but they are the team to beat right now. I don't think you could say otherwise.
1: Pierce Johnson's with them right now, isn't he?
3: Pierce is with them
1: yeah and Kirby Yates I think as well or maybe Kirby Kirby... Yates
3: is also Kirby Yates has been he started with yeah yeah he's he's been been there
1: for a while but I don't know 50 home runs it surprises me that he's only the second Braves player to ever hit 50 home runs and I don't think correct me if I'm wrong I don't think Hank Aaron's on that list of 50 home runs
3: uh uh Acuna's closing in on 40 60 this is that's a club by himself yeah yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Do you know if Hank Aaron hit 50 home runs in a season with the Braves? Or?
3: I, I I don't know off the top of my head. It, I don't I don't know if it, I don't know. I don't, I don't
1: think know. he did, but I'm just making that up. So no one quote me on yeah. that. Okay, yeah. don't ever yep. answer that in a barroom trivia. The <laughs> question. the, uh,
3: the bearer of misinformation. Don't you know? This is kind of where he wades into this water where I he do. is like. Disclaiming, you know, pontificating, and then doing all kinds of craziness.
1: Pontificating. Uh, we have a couple more. We have uh, the Mets hired a president of baseball operations, David Stearns. Now that Not a name surprise name should sound familiar. I'm curious to see why you say that, Tony, but should sound familiar because he's the guy who traded Josh Hader to the Padres. So Stearns. Uh,
3: <laughs> That's not not his title. That wasn't his title. Yeah, it's just David
1: Stearns, the guy who (laughs) traded Josh Hader to the Padres. That's 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 what his card
3: says. He was the president of baseball operation of the Milwaukee Brewers. That was his actual title. Oh, okay. Well, that's his title. Uh, Also known as the guy that traded Josh Hader. (laughs) Right.
1: Uh, He's being hired as the Mets president of baseball ops, according to a source. Now, the one thing that really like kind of makes me weirded out by this is the... What
3: makes you weirded out, Scrape?
1: Well, the way he went out in Milwaukee, he just got replaced like nobody's business. It just happened very quickly. Uh, and okay. the second thing is is that they kept mentioning how big of a Mets fan he is. And it's already not working with Steve Cohen being the massive Mets fan. So why are you going to hire another fan to run your team? you got to hire someone who doesn't care about the team personally, so that they can build it,
3: because he's actually good at his job.
1: Okay, what happened in Milwaukee then?
3: What do you mean? What happened in Milwaukee? He trades relations- Josh Hader,
1: and they like, and then he steps back, and then that was resigns. like the last
3: move he made. They've been in the playoffs and getting in, like all the time since he's been the GM.
1: You're right. He they have done that.
3: Yeah, and, and you that. know it. He's he don't he's under a mandate to do certain things in terms of get below cost and things of that nature. I mean, that's kind of how uh, a a market uh, or a team that's in the market that Milwaukee's in has to kind of operate. Now, they do a pretty good job of it. They they are a competitive team. They're in the playoffs. They're in the hunt. They get to the dance. So, I mean, I, I don't know that you, you could say that, you know, what happened in Milwaukee. I mean, yes, he made what? the trade. <laughs> he made the trade to the, to move Hater, and that ultimately seemed to have a little bit to do why they don't, end up getting in. However, I mean, out of that came uh, Devin Williams. That is one of the better closers in the game now. Uh, You get from what you were going to have to pay Josh at the time. And uh, you've been able to flip that trade and turn it into uh, little Contreras. I can't remember his his brother's name. Wilson is the one in St. Louis. William. You've been able to flip that into William Contreras. So, you know, nonetheless... I digress on that. Well,
1: um, fine. I, and he's a points. New York. And he's a New
3: Yorker, <laughs> by the way. So yeah, this I know. That's why it makes perfect sense. All right. Well,
1: I. Uh, who wouldn't want to? Who, by back. the way,
3: by the way, he goes from working in Milwaukee, where you know there's kind of a uh, a ceiling to how much you can spend, to work. Now all of a sudden he gets to work for the dude who is like willing to shed and spend as much money as possible. Oh, that's a no-brainer. Oh, well, it's a no-brainer on his part. It's yeah. not so, a
1: no-brainer on Steve Cohen's part. Steve Cohen's going to be the end of that team.
3: Mm, we'll see. In my what, humble, what, what was opinion, what was the beginning of that team? By the way, the, I don't even know. Yeah,
1: had rock, the Mets have had it. They've had it rocky for a
3: little bit. So, all
1: right, all right. The last one, real quick. Uh, Felix Bautista. The Orioles' all-star closer, he was lost to an injury on August 25th. It was an ulnar collateral ligament, not a good thing, but apparently he has a partial UCL tear, and they're saying that he could possibly pitch again in 2023. So I don't know if that's going to happen. The Orioles will probably have to go deep in the playoffs, but that's the last little note we have for you today.
3: Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I don't, there's only one dude I know who's ever had a partially torn UCL and been able to pitch and it was fine. And that was uh was it uh my man for the Yankees, uh the pitcher. Uh, Dave, what was the uh he, he went back to Japan to pitch?
1: Hade or had no <laughs> I'm just saying.
3: He's the only one. I'm gonna he's figure out one. what his name is. Okay. Uh he's the only one. Everybody else eventually up having to have the surgery, they may get six months into this whole process, and then boom, have to have the surgery anyway. And it's just like it's a waste of of time. It's
1: unfortunate, he, but I wouldn't be surprised to see. Oh, he fully tore it coming back from from injury. Like it doesn't sound good to have a partial UCL tear, let alone a full yeah. And tear
3: then right you now. know and the, the 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 guys I know that have had it uh, have consistently. You know, had to pitch through. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't fun pitching with a hat partially torn. You got there's a lot of work that goes into making sure you're ready to to go out there. By the way, it was Tanaka was oh. the pitcher. He had a partially torn, and he was able to pitch through it and never had surgery. He's the only one I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, one in a billion. Don't chance it. Don't yeah. chance no, it. I
3: wouldn't do it. Just go ahead and have ass surgery, dog. I know it's tough. You're gonna have to miss this possible lovely ride to through the playoffs based on the way they play. Yeah. Um, But it'll be better long term.
1: It will be. It will be.
3: All right. uh, Let's get to break. More Gwen and Chris on the way.
1: All of the heavy rock today for when I get back in. I love it. I love it. If you didn't hear earlier in the show, I told Tony that I wanted to be a heavy metal rock singer at some point in my life and just didn't work out that way. Just didn't, I just don't have the voice for it. Too Kermit the Frog for this, the lead singer of a heavy metal band like Slipknot or something like that. Matt Scraby here with you on Gwyn and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. Tony Gwynn Jr. is done with our show for the day. He is going to get ready for the game tonight between the Padres and the Dodgers. Michael Walker getting the ball for the Padres and Lance Lynn on the other side for the Dodgers. Uh, let's go over the lineup real quick. We are heading... Into what? Seventeen games left in the season for the Padres. Not many at all. There's only one home stand left too. There's uh, they, the Rockies come into town next week, and the Cardinals are in town next week, and that's it. Then they go to San Francisco. Then they go to the White Sox. And the season is over. Uh, we're about to play Matt Snyder from earlier today. Matt Snyder had some great things to, to say about the Padres and what they're going to do in the offseason, but he also got my hopes up right out the gate with having them win 17 games will get him into the playoffs. It's uh, it's probably not going to happen. I know we're all just talking. We're all just having fun with it because it is disappointing when you think about it that the Padres aren't going to make the playoffs. Chris and I scheduled vacations or I can't. I, I turned down a vacation because I thought the Padres were going to be in the playoffs in October. So it just goes to show you that nothing is guaranteed in sports. And let's talk about Aaron Rodgers from last night. Definitely nothing is guaranteed in sports. I didn't know. I didn't know that Aaron Rodgers could get hurt because Hard Knocks made me believe that he is untouchable. So I'm a little misled by this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers. But if you didn't hear. He did tear his Achilles last night, four plays into the game. He is out for the season. So it's a bummer for all NFL fans. It really is. Uh, while we were in that last segment, Tony and I, Matt Olson hit his 51st home run, which ties the Andrew Jones franchise record, and Ronald Acuna's was 200, was the uh, Braves' 280th home run of 2023, which is a National League record. 200. That is crazy. 280 home runs. I, I don't even... Or 281 now. I don't even know what to think about that. That's an incredible amount of home runs. Uh, the leaders of all time in baseball, 2019 Twins, had 307 home runs. So you got to think that the... Yeah, I think that the Braves are uh, kind of closing in on it. If they want to get in second, they need 306. But 307, and they have 281 right now. I don't know. That's pretty close. I think that they might be able to do it. So they are threatening something that hasn't happened since 2019. I mean, Matt Olson was a complete steal for the Braves. I don't even know who the A's gave him or who the A's got from the, from the Braves, but it doesn't even matter because that person's not as good as Matt Olson. He has been on fire this entire season. I mean, 51 home runs. That is a ton of home runs in this day and age. So during the last segment, when we were talking about him hitting his 50th and all that other stuff, uh, him and Ronald Acuna both hit a home run during that time. It's Acuna's 37th of the season. Let's go through some of the scores right now. We're going to, again, get to Matt Snyder of CBS Sports in just one second. I'm Matt Scraby. Filling in for Gwynn and Chris, but the uh, Yankees and the Red Sox playing in Boston. It's 1-0 Red Sox. The Royals are cleaning up on the White Sox right now. After two innings, it's 8-0 nothing. Kansas City Royals. So they scored four runs in a piece in the first and the second. The Pirates are beating the Nationals five to one. The Cardinals are beating the Orioles four to two in the top of the seventh. The Reds and the Tigers are tied right now five five. The Reds haven't been playing so well down the stretch and trying to get into the playoffs, but they are tied right now at the end of five. The Braves are up six to one on the Phillies in the top of the seventh. The Rangers are up three to nothing on the Blue Jays in the top of seventh. The Mets. We just talked about them. They're up 6-1 in the bottom of the fifth over the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Rays and Twins are tied at one after four. The Brewers leading the Marlins 2-1 in Milwaukee. The A's and the Astros in Houston, top of the second. The A's have scored three runs so far. Uh, And... um, the Astros have only scored one, obviously. And just starting, the Cubs and the Rockies, they're at 0-0. Some more games tonight. Um, they have uh, the Guardians and the Giants in San Francisco, the Angels and the Mariners uh, in Seattle. And then earlier today, the Yankees played a, a game that was made up from yesterday due to rain, and they won 3-2. to two. Now, uh, Frank is in studio with me, and he just handed me the list of people that were given to the A's for Matt Olson, and I don't recognize any of these, these names. I mean, the first name, Christian Pash, I think is a recognizable name for very, very deep MLB people. And then you got Shea Longoliers, Joey Estes, and Ryan Cusick. So you might say Who? Who are all those guys? Well, yeah, those guys were sent to Oakland in order to get Matt Olson from the A's. That's a steal and a half. I mean, the, the, what kind of what kind of strange voodoo does the Atlanta Braves have going on down there? They're able to lock up Ozzie Albie's with a cheaper than he should have taken contract. They're able to lock up Ronald Acuna with a cheaper than he should have taken contract. They get Matt Olson for nothing. They're crushing baseball. They have ninety four wins. That's a lot. 94 at this point of the season is a ton. So we'll see what happens with the Braves. I mean, who knows? Maybe it will be like last year. Braves win over 100 games, they get into the first round of the play or the second round of the playoffs, and they lose. So, yeah, it, it only matters what you do in the postseason is what I have been told over and over and over again. If you're curious about the Padres lineup, I'm going to give it to you real quick, and then we'll go to Matt Snyder in your traffic report. Uh, Michael Walker, as I said, is pitching for the Padres. Lance Lynn for the Dodgers. Jerickson Profar in the leadoff spot, playing first. Fernando Tatis Jr. in right field, uh, batting second. Juan Soto hitting third in left field. Manny Machado DHing in the cleanup spot, even though his uh, elbow is barking. Xander Bogart, shortstop, batting fifth. Grisham moves all the way up from nine to six. He's in center field in the sixth spot. Matthew Batten playing second, uh, batting seventh. Brett Sullivan catching and batting eighth. And then Eggie, I almost said E-guy like Chris. Eggie Rosario, I always think every time I see his name, I think E-guy. Eggie Rosario is uh, batting ninth and playing third base. I mean, a lot of talk today about Manny Machado and whether or not he should be playing with the elbow the way it is, and he hit two home runs yesterday. They beat the Dodgers 11 to 7. It was nice to see that they were able to come back in that game after being down 7 to 2. Um, we talked about it earlier and whether or not they need to shut him down. And it's not really, I think Tony and I came to the conclusion that it's not up to us. And, uh, I, we would like to see for him to play out the rest of the season if he is healthy enough to do so. If he is not healthy enough to do so, then he should sit out the rest of the season. But if he says he's ready to go and he's willing to play and it's not making things worse, I say leave him in there. I mean, it's his choice. He's the guy who uh, ultimately is going to be playing the games and so he can make the decision. But Manny Machado is in the lineup batting cleanup as a DH today in the four spot. All right, Matt Scraby, Tony Gwynn Jr. We caught up with Matt Snyder of CBS Sports earlier. You will hear that interview after Traffic on 97.3 The Fan.
3: Let's uh, jump to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Matt Snyder joins us here. We haven't had Matt on in a little bit, but uh, Matt, a lot of things have changed, man, since the last time we talked. Uh, Padres are seemingly, uh, I mean, they haven't been officially eliminated, but it's going to take a heck of a run and a heck of a collapse in many places for uh, something to happen. I mean, just what's, what's been your take from afar? Well, I actually just looked
5: at it before I came on, and I decided that they can still make it, but they have to win out. So <laughs> Don't do that 17, to me. 17-game winning streak to finish the season. I do think that gets them to 85 wins. I do think that there's no way the Phillies or Cubs finish below that, but there's a good chance that everybody else in the race would finish with eight with below 85 wins. So just win them all, and then you're good to go. But Sweet. Look like at <laughs> I, I, I honestly think in some ways it's kind of more of the same. You know, you, you see games like last night was a comeback. Or was it Friday when they destroyed the Astros? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or last week when they beat the Phillies 8 or 9 nothing, And it's like, where has this been all year? But, well, you know, those games have been mixed in all year. But then yeah. you have all the losses in between there. So it's just it's just kind of more of the same where you see that potential and you see why the run differential is where it is but it just hasn't gotten put together, you know, for the season as a whole. And I think when you get to where you are right now, where you say eight games out of the playoffs or so, it's not necessarily how you're playing now, but you can look back at stuff like in May when they lost eight of nine, including Mm -hmm. two of three to the Royals. And you Mm -hmm. can go through the whole schedule and say, you know, what about the time that, if you're the Padres, what about time that we were swept in Pittsburgh after losing two of three at home to the Nationals? Well, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you just can't have keep happening. If you're going to be a playoff team and they know that all too well, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. It's it's been a year of craziness. I mean, there was another, there was another one where the Padres were winning on Sunday night baseball and Mookie Betts hit an amazing home run off of Josh Hader. There was one where they lost in Colorado after Trent Grisham hits a two out home run. It's just been a crazy year, crazy. We're talking to Matt Snyder of CBS Sports here on 97.3 The Fan. And one of the things we've been talking about all year, Matt, is that they have not been able to win four games in a row. The most they have won is three games in a row. And we cannot figure out why they're unable to win four games in a row. Do you think this is like just some crazy anomaly or is there something to it?
5: my hunch would be it's an anomaly. I couldn't believe that when you said that, but it it makes sense because I I just thought as you were saying that, my first thought was you got to be kidding me. They haven't even won four in a row. There's too much talent for that. But then as you were still talking, my next thought was, well, it makes sense because it seems like every time you think, okay, now they're getting hot, then something bad happens again. Okay, no, no, no. Now they're getting hot, then something bad happens again. So – yeah, it makes sense. My hunch would be uh, – I'll let the Major League Baseball player on here correct me if I'm wrong, but surely there's nothing to that more than just coincidence in it being a team that has yeah. not won games consistently.
3: I, I mean, that's that's the way I see it. I mean, uh, this team has, has – the reason why their run differential looks the way it does is because they have to the t- hang an 11 spot, a 12 spot yeah. on you, and, and, and absolutely dominate. However, they are – if one of, if not the worst team in one-run games. And, uh, I mean, there's a number of things we can continue to say. The Oakland A's have won at least four straight uh, over the, the, they won the Padres- seven. They won seven in
5: a row. <laughs> <They did.
1: laughs> so
3: Ridiculous. there's a number of different things we could point to. Yeah. Uh, but that, that only leads us to the next question here, Matt. What would you do in the offseason? I mean, this is a okay. very talented yeah. roster with a lot of guys who, at least the core guys, they're here, they're signed up, you're not moving those type of contracts here. Do you stand, Pat, outside of having to kind of redo your starting rotation because there's a lot of question marks there, uh, or are you in, uh, in a pursuit to try to change things again? There
5: are tweaks to be made uh, while still kind of, you know, I hate to say just run it back. Because when you say that, a lot of people think you mean bring the exact same roster back. No, but for the most part, I think you run it back. You know, like you said, the big boys are all coming back. And you can see uh, uh, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you could even argue it's likely that Jake Cronenworth and Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado and even Xander Bogarts and Juan Soto all have better seasons than last year. It's yeah. not like I said. You could even argue it's likely they'll all be better next year. So you're going to have to deal with the rotation. It's you, Darvish going to his age 37 season. Uh, probably don't want him to be one of your frontline guys, but he can still be in the rotation. You got Blake Snell going to free agency, I believe. Yes. Right?
3: Yep. Yep.
5: Um, so you're going to have to deal with either we need to bring in a frontline starter or re-sign Snell if you're an AJ Preller. You got shoes, player ops.
3: You got player options yep. for Waka, and you have, uh, I think, player option for, for Lugo, Lugo yeah. as well.
5: Yeah, and you're surely going to get, well, hopefully, you're going to get a full season from Musgrove. So yeah. maybe that takes care of a little bit of the front line there. Um, you know, if you wanted to bring back Lugo and Waka along with Darvish, that's four. And you should be relatively sure things. Even if Darvish at his age, maybe he's hitting his decline he can get through another season if you slotted him as like your four or something. Um, but yeah, you there's tweaks to be done. And, you know, maybe a full season, if you get it from Suarez, it helps the bullpen a little bit. Um, so it's, it's haters free agent, isn't he? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Hater hits free agencies. You need to deal with that. So it's, there's stuff to deal with here, but for the most part, there's the foundation of a team that can contend next year. If you have something go differently. And I mean, we just covered it on the, the, the schedule stuff, but I just, as I was glancing at the pages, there's stuff that just jumps off the page at me, like Oh, and 11 and extra innings. When you have yeah. one of the best closers in baseball, six and 22 and one run games. Are you kidding me? Again, when you have one of the best closers in baseball, it's stuff that just doesn't make sense. And you, there just shouldn't be any carryover. So even if you have any kind of a different mix in the clubhouse, make the players think and then have them say publicly, it's going to be different this year because we have a little bit of a different mix and we feel better about this group. If you allow them to say that in spring training, then they believe it. Then they went a few one-run games early next season. All of a sudden, hey, things are different, and then it snowballs. So I, I just don't think they're that far away.
1: Talking to Matt Snyder of CBS Sports, and we've basically said that all year long. I don't, they're, they're almost there. They're ready to break through. They're going to come around the corner any second now, and they just <laughs> And that's for the three-game winning
5: streak you know, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> you know, Matt, yeah. you're
1: the worst person to tell me that they, if they win out, they should get into the playoffs because I've oh, been sorry. so positive about this team. That even I can't be excited yeah. about them winning out and getting into the playoffs. But we've been talking a lot about Blake Snell, and you just mentioned him as a part of what they need to do. But it was reported that he's likely not to resign with the Padres, and, and he's going to get around $200 million or more in some sort of contract. And I personally am not comfortable giving him that much money no. And with your reaction right there. Uh, what kind no. of contract do you think would be a good Blake Snell contract?
5: I'd go closer to one. 100 million, but I mean, somebody's going to blow that out of the water, so I would be comfortable with him just signing elsewhere. It's look, he's having a great year, and he might well win Cy Young, so then he's got a Cy Young in in both leagues, and that's a feather in his cap. That's amazing. It's just in between the the Cy Young and the Cy Young caliber season, there's just been far too much uncertainty, inconsistency, injuries, and he still leads the league in walks, he leads the league in wild pitches. Uh, How's that going to age? The swing and miss stuff is great though. It is great and it's, uh, I, I just go into his age 31 season looking at 200. Uh, that's too much for me. So I, I would be comfortable saying we're going to let you walk and we're going to try to find another way to hopefully grab another frontline front starter to go alongside Musgrove. And then maybe we've got walk on Lugo before Darvish. That could be a formidable rotation next year. If you wanted to add somebody else, um, maybe somebody will be on the trade block. Uh yeah. maybe in free agency a little bit cheaper or somebody who seems a little bit more reliable. And I hate saying it with the season he's having. I just I it's hard for me to count on him to be consistent going forward.
3: Matt Snyder joins us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carl's Badge Fan hotline and, and Matt, let's let's switch to the other team that was probably, you know, first, second most disappointing, uh, depending on how you look at it. That's the New York Mets. Uh, they made a hire today uh, addressing the baseball operations standpoint. I mean, first, what did you think about the hire? Uh, but B, do, do you think – how do you think this, this will be approached? Because Stearns, coming from Milwaukee where you're not allowed to spend, you can't spend only so yeah. much, has all of a sudden got deep pockets he can go to. How do you think the, the Mets address uh, their situation? Well, it's going to be fun to see how how he operates because
5: I know everybody thinks when you when you make a hire like this, the blueprint is Andrew Friedman, right? He right. Came from Tampa Bay, he goes to the Dodgers, and all of a sudden he's amazing at all the small stuff. In addition to being able to do stuff like trade for Mookie Betts and extend him inside Freddie Freeman and all that stuff. Um, on the other hand, you've got Heim Bloom in Boston who hasn't really gotten things going there. He came from That's Tampa true. Bay. Uh, you could come up with examples of of guys who went from small market to large market and it just didn't work. So it will be interesting to see if Stearns can kind of be Friedman or be stuck in neutral like Bloom. I Mm -hmm. don't think it's a gigantic rebuilding job right now because there are some pieces there. You, You know, you've got Francisco Lindor locked up. I assume Pete Alonso will probably sign an extension before he hits free agency uh, Brandon Nimmo's locked up. Edwin Diaz will be coming back from that knee injury um, before next season. The Kodai Senga looks like he's a frontline starter. So you have the pieces right there. There's a good foundation to work with, and they've been kind of get, getting some young guys' feet wet this season. Yeah, people like Francisco Alvarez, where we've seen with 22 home runs at age 21, and, and there are spare parts there, like a Jeff McNeil type, who, who's a he can be a nice supporting cast member. He's having it down here this year, but he was great last year for a hundred and one one yeah, team. So it's there are pieces there. It's he and one of the things that Stearns was great at doing in, in, with the Brewers. Everybody, will, it's easy to pay attention to like the Yelich sign or trade the Yelich trade and the Lorenzo Kane signing and stuff like that. But one thing he was great at doing with position players is finding supporting cast guys.
3: Yeah, Just was. kind
5: of a plug this guy in, get the most out of him, and you're like, man, th- that guy is way better for the Brewers than he was for other teams. What's going on there? If he can succeed like that while also having deep pockets and making the big moves there, I think that the Mets could explode not too dissimilar from the, the way the Dodgers have. But, again, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to translate. Right. We don't know if he's going to be more Bloom or Friedman. So it's going to be really fun to watch.
1: Talking to Matt Snyder of CBS Sports on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. Last one for me were uh, uh, Mike Trout just up the road. Shohei Otani, it was all the news all season long. But now there's uh, reports that say that the Angels may be open to trading Mike Trout if he asks. So I think that's kind of a weird way to put it. Um,
3: (laughs) That's so so Angels right there.
1: If he asks to be traded, we will trade him. But isn't it in the best um, interest of the team to trade Mike Trout?
5: Probably. I mean, I I was one that held on to the end, saying they should try to keep Otani, they should try to add around him, because we knew that Otani wanted to win, and the only way to convince him to stay via free agency was to be a playoff team, and they were only like a game and a half or two out at the time of the trade deadline. But now that everything fell apart like this, and surely they're not going to be able to retain Otani, the best thing for everybody is probably a separation there. So the Angels can completely just go through a rebuilding process and Trout can be free to maybe actually see what it's like to play for a consistent winner. Um, it, 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 that report though, there were so many caveats on that. I just don't know how realistic (laughs) it was, but I do think to your question, which was a good question, it, it is probably the best thing for everybody there. Um, Unless Trout is like dead set against leaving, and wants to be an Angel for his whole career. And sometimes guys are wired that way. But if he's not, uh, you know, you could see somebody like the the Giants. Um, hey, he's a Philly guy, so I was about to the say, Phillies, that's the only other place I can, pockets, That's that the only other fun. place
3: I can see him going is the Philly.
5: Yeah, that would be really cool to see, like Trout and Harper on the same team. Oof. Yeah, and it's it's a lineup full of just bangers, anyway. You know, like. They do have some team speed there, obviously. But when you think about the Phillies, you just think about bombs. And, and yeah. you think about those playoff games where they hit, like, five home runs. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that would it, be fun.
3: That's, uh, that would be something to see for sure. But I'm not so sure that's it, it's going to go as simple as everybody's trying to make it out to no. be. Mike has no. been there for a long time. He could have done this at any point, uh, and he hasn't. Yep. So we'll see. man. as always, man, appreciate you coming on spending some time with us. Thanks, Matt. All right, take care.
0: WFN HD1 San Diego. This
1: is Blake Snow.
2: Outside quarter strike three call. The Padres play here on San Diego's number one sports station. 97.3 The Fan. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: All right, Matt Scraby here with you in the Odyssey Studios in San Diego. Tony Gwynn Jr. is up in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. Sam Levitt is up in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. And Sam just texted me. He was supposed to join us here, uh, but he said there's some big news happening, and I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to be able to make your – I'm not going to be able to make it up in time because there's a press conference. And so I want to point everyone to the Padres uh, pregame show here coming up at 610 because I'll just give you – what the topic is, and Sam's going to have audio supporting it, but you Darvish is going to be shut down for the rest of the season. I know that's not a huge deal, but it it is still a deal with him being under contract for the next, whatever, four years, five years, and and how they gave him an extension before the year. Sam's going to have much more information about what happened um, and, and why they're shutting it down, but... That's what's happening. And, uh, so, you, Darvish will not pitch for the Padres again in 2023. I saw, let me, let me get Dennis Lin's tweet real quick because he had one explaining it a little bit more. Uh, U Darvish has been shut down for the rest of the season. He learned recently he has an Ola Cranon. I'm sorry to the doctors out there. Stress reaction in his elbow and tried to pitch through it after not progressing as hoped he will rest for the next several weeks. So something to keep an eye on in the offseason. Cause again, the Padres signed Yu Darvish to a contract extension before the year and a pretty hefty contract extension before the year at that. I believe it was over or close to a hundred million dollars. So that's a little bit, a little bit scary for your long-term investment to be having problems with his elbow, his throwing elbow. So hopefully it's not a big deal at all. And again, you can uh, listen to Sam Levitt here at 610 because he's going to fill you in on everything else to happen. I know that they also asked uh, Bob Melvin about Joe Musgrove So get a little update on him. I would be surprised if we see him again this year, but Sam's going to have all of that for you in the Padres pregame show. This hour on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by South Norte Tequila Cocktails, real tequila, real juice, sip on a classic margarita, or an authentic Paloma. Pop the top on the Mexican Mule and savor the Matador. Available at Stater Brothers, Ralph's, and more. I I feel like I sound cool saying that, but I I guarantee you I'm not that cool saying that. Because I haven't uh, popped the top on a Mexican Mule in quite some time. Hope everybody enjoyed the show today. If you want to go, uh, if you missed any part of it and you want to listen to it, you can go to 973thefansd.com or you could go to the Odyssey app and search for Gwen and Chris. Chris is going to be out for the next few weeks. Uh, Tony and I are going to be handling the duties until he gets back. But with that music, that means I am done for the day. Thanks to everybody who listened today. Thanks for all the Dave versus the fans contestants. Thank you to Marcus McNeil. Thank you to Matt Snyder for joining the show. And uh, again, if you missed those interviews, 973 thefanstcom But that's it for me. I'm going to hand it off to Sam Levitt. He's going to have more information about you, Darvis, shortly on the Padres pregame show on 97.3 The Fan. Enjoy the game, everybody.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?